Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and today I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy, what today? <laughs> I, I want to be, I guess I'm Jimmy's sickness, but I am sickness and in health. I have returned. <laughs> he hath <laughs> risen. The, back from the depths, Jimmy is, yes. is recovering. So what was wrong yeah, with you? But, <laughs> so it was a virus. It was not COVID. They did confirm that. I was going to be very mad. I was going to be like, I, I'm going to be like one of those people who had COVID and got vaccinated and still somehow got it again. But no, I did not. I just got a different virus. But I have recovered. Uh, I am finally back. Took a, a little over a week, but I am uh, feeling like myself again. Well, that's good. We're still uh, we're still recording remotely today, just in case. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to get your germs over my my place. So we're keeping you at a distance. Yeah. But I'm glad we're back because we've been on hiatus. We had the international break. Mm-hmm. And then last week we were trying to do it. And then you were you were pretty sick. So we decided that we were going <laughs> to we were going to yeah. cancel it. And the funny the thing is, I, I had moved it around because because I was sick and we had finally picked a time and you're like, maybe we should just not do it. It's a good thing you said that because that by that time had come, I was in bed unable to do anything. <laughs> so it was a good decision. Yeah. Uh, better to better to skip a week than have you die live on the podcast. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been great. That would have got our most engagements yet. I would have said it definitely would have been our biggest, <laughs> uh, our most popular episode. Man dies on podcast. Co-host <laughs> continues on without him. <laughs> Doesn't realize it in the middle of ten minute Arsenal rant. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it it probably would have happened that way too. But anyways, Jimmy. Speaking of, uh, we've got a few games that we're going to cover today. We're going to talk West Ham United and Manchester United. We're going to talk Chelsea and Spurs. We're going to talk Arsenal Burnley, City Southampton, and Wolves Brentford. And we'll mm-hmm. also throw in some honorable mentions. We have Twitter questions from last week we need to answer and predictions. So, Jimmy, there's no time to mess around. Where are we going first? What's the game of your choice? Can I be honest? I want to start with the Brentford game because I I was very impressed with one player in particular, but overall impressed with Brentford in general. So I really want to talk about this game. And I'm also like the opposite of impressed with everything that's going on at Wolves. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, let's get into that one. We had Brentford two, Wolves nil. We had two first half goals from Brentford, and then we had a red card in early second half mm-hmm. uh, for Brentford, but they hold on to a two nil victory. So, Jimmy, who impressed you first of all? I I mean I think it goes without saying. I think he's been impressive all season, but specifically in this game, Ivan Tony was a force to yeah. be reckoned with on the field. Uh, he he scored another goal in this game that was called offsides, like, and that was a great goal where he just tucked it right into the corner. Like, he just looks so confident that he's going to score. Um, the penalty that he tucked away was what I dream of as a Manchester City fan who's seen so many missed penalties. The confidence he had, the created the second goal with a per- great assist after a great run, just. He's just he's a hell of a player. He's a player who's just come up, like literally gone through the leagues to get where he is. And I'm just very, very impressed with him. Yeah, uh, he looks like a force. Like you said, he dominated that first half and uh, 
could add three goals, um, came out with a goal and an assist. But yeah, he just looks like a true finisher. I know he scored a ton of goals in the championship the past few years, and it doesn't look like he's slowing down in the Premier League. So happy for Brentford there. I love Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank has uh, quickly become one of my favorite managers in the league. He is just so, I don't want to say eccentric because he's really not, but he's, he's so animated. passionate, animated and passionate. Yeah. That's a good way to describe him. Yeah. So, and he looks like, what's his name from Kirby Enthusiasm? Richard Lewis. Oh, he does. <laughs> he looks he like does Richard look Lewis, like... doesn't he? <laughs> that's awesome. He does look like Richard Lewis. That's a, that's a great shout out. Um, speaking of, Curb is coming back soon, I think. So that's something to get excited about. But, uh, okay, we're both impressed with Brentford. I think we have been throughout the season so mm-hmm. far. Only five games in, but still. They look like they're almost certainly going to stay up. Um, what don't you like about Wolves? Oh, their ability to score goals. Well, the, like, yes. This team, like, they really can't score. Like, I, I just don't see how it's going to change. That's the thing. It's not like, oh, they're just in a bad run right now. I just don't. I mean, like, when Neto gets back, that will be a big difference. But Neto's not getting back until, what, maybe February? Probably more likely March. Like, where are they getting goals? Jimenez, after coming back from the injury, just doesn't look like the player was, which is really unfortunate because he looked like he had really evolved into quite an elite finisher, a really, really great player. But he he just doesn't look like that anymore. He had one play in this game where one of the headers reminded me of old Jimenez where he just went up for it viciously and almost scored a nice goal. But he just doesn't look the same. Trincao, um, Podens, all of these players, Adama, are just players who can do nice things but just can't put the ball in the back of the yeah. net. It's it's sad. I really like Trincao, I want to say. He's so do I. But electric, he can't, can't score. He's a perfect Wolves player. He's Portuguese. But, like, they really, like, I don't see where the goals are coming from. And they're not as good at the back as they were before. Sa, who is a decent goalkeeper, is not as good as Rui Patricio. So they've they've gone down that way. Um, They they haven't been the same offensive team ever since Jota left. Even at the beginning of the year last year for the couple games when Jimenez and and Neto were both there. Like, they haven't been the same team. I just, I look at them and I'm like, where is this team going to get goals? They're like, they're Portuguese Burnley. But no, they're kind of less good. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with Portuguese Burnley. Um, Wolves had looked good uh, the the first few weeks of the season. They, they just score. couldn't score. That's what I mean. I don't mean that they're bad. I mean, they just, they literally can't score. I know. And... I mean, we saw them win um, the week before and we weren't able to do the mm-hmm. podcast and they they did finally score and they they looked good. I forget who they played Watford. now. Watford. Watford. OK, well, that explains and one of them why was an scored. own goal. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, I don't I don't want to say I'm, a, I'm an expected goals person now, but I, I I like to I like to look at the expected goals. And if you had looked previous to this match, they had almost two in every game that they mm-hmm. just can't score. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, The thing that really bothers me about Wolves is that defense. I really, I think Marcel is is pretty bad. 
And I think CS is exceptionally bad. Um, yes, yes. And Connor Cody, I mean, it is more of like he's good, but he's like kind of a midfielder, kind of a center back. Uh, it it's like it's not someone who you would really want to be the heart of a defense. I feel like he'd be better playing in front of a defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned that they're going to get scored on a lot, and they just need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. If they can score one or if they can score two goals a game, I think they'll be fine. Um, a lot. It's a lot. It is, especially for um, them. Two goals every other game, maybe <laughs> uh, a total of two goals between two games would be ideal. They just need to start putting the ball in the back of the net. I wonder if Jimenez is ever going to get back to being Jimenez. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the key. If you know, if after a few months he starts to get back to being himself, there'll be a different team. If not, then they really better hope. What's his name? Silva. Or uh, the the new striker who did score, whose name oh, I really can't the bull. pronounce. Wangi Chan. Yes, the bull did score a goal already. So maybe if he can start playing and can add something, or if Fabio Silva shows the potential that he does have, that may be their their option now. Uh, but they they need to score goals, or or this relegation fight may be a real relegation fight for Wolves, is what I'm saying. If they don't start putting the ball in the net, I really think they could get dragged in. That's interesting. I'm not sure if I'm putting them in any relegation fight just yet. Do you think Brentford finish above Wolves or vice versa? I think Brentford finish above Wolves. I, I think Brentford are a decent team. Like, they they play fearlessly. So, I, I think Brentford do finish above Wolves. I do. All right. Fair enough. I'm glad we got to talk about Brentford. I feel like we hadn't done that to this mm-hmm. point. Um, and they deserve to be talked about. Uh, where do you want to go next, Jimmy? Do you want to go to Manchester City, the snooze fest? Yeah, we can go to that because there's not going to be really much to say. Um, so it was an interesting week at City. Pep fighting with certain people who after his comments. And then it was sold out stadium. So, you know, everyone did show up as he requested. Um, but this was just a, this was a rough game to watch in a lot of ways. Mainly just the simple fact that City just didn't threaten Southampton at all. They ended up with one shot on target, which came late in like the 90th minute. Uh, So it was just not a very good game. Southampton looked good. Like they threatened City. They had 36% possession does not look like a lot, but against City and quite frankly, a lot of the last 20 minutes City had the majority of the ball then as Southampton kind of seemed content with the result. I think if you looked at this in the 70th minute, it was probably more like, I don't know, 58% for City as opposed to the 64. Like, I I think Southampton had about 40-something percent of the ball, which is very impressive against City, which you don't usually see a team, you know, like Southampton necessarily doing that. And they were threatening City constantly. Um, they're, They're another team where their attack is not always, you know, that scary at times, Evist in the post Danny Ings era. Um, I, I'm not that worried about them scoring goals, and I never really was this game. But City just created nothing at all. Uh, they they found no way to get in. Uh, they had Raheem Sterling playing as a striker in this game, and it, it, he created a lot of runs, but he really just never got a chance to do anything. Grealish was the only one who really offered any threat all game, and like 
patented Grealish. Usually when he does, it just most of the time is him getting fouled by the yeah. other team, which happened a bit. But this was a really bad game for City. Uh, I think not being able to play De Bruyne from the start showed him and Foden both coming back from injury did come on late, added a little something more to the attack and a little pace to it. But it, it was not a good game for City, to say the least. I, I, I think that they apparently scored all their goals midweek in the Champions League and had nothing left. So. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. 6-3 in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> they used them all up. But yeah, I, I thought this game was a good reminder that City need a striker desperately. Um, and it's going to continue to be a problem. I watched the extended highlights earlier before we did the podcast. And I saw a few chances fall to Gundogan that you'd really like to fall the header, to an actual striker. Yes. Well, the, the, the header was an inexcusable miss by him, though. Yeah, it the was. day header and just put it. No, you have to at least put it on frame. Yeah. And then Foden's header was an excellent header. That was just a hell of a save by McCarthy. Yeah. Um, but but I thought City, I mean, at least from the highlights, they looked like they created chances. They swung balls in across the box, um, but just no one got on the end of any of them. Yeah. So they created uh, half chances. Yeah, I guess so. They they really do need a striker, though. I mean, that's that's not new information for anyone. I do want to talk about this Kyle Walker penalty slash red card Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. no penalty slash red card. What are your thoughts on that? I think it was the right call to call it back. So this is going to be an interesting... So here's what I want to say. We're going to talk about this in the Arsenal game, too. I, I, I'm, here's where I'm torn. I don't think it was a penalty. Do I think it was a penalty? No. And this is going to come up again later. But once you call it on the field, I do think it's harsh to call it back when it's close. So... And it was close. <laughs> so the difference between the Arsenal one, which we're going to get to, is that Ramsdale hits the ball away from the player, and then the player clips him. Kyle, listen, it, that's what happened. Kyle Walker in this scenario, it looks like, I don't know who it was for Southampton, but they like they put their leg over it to shield mm-hmm. the ball, and then Kyle Walker mm-hmm. just kind of took them out. So it's like, I, I don't know if those two are similar. I don't know. I, I think it was a lot of just Kyle Walker being a very strong guy like, uh, i don't think he necessarily here's the thing kyle walker is prone at times to make bad penalty give up bad penalties i don't think this was one i don't think he came in like i don't think he took the player out to use the phrase use i don't think he did that i think he out muscled the player a little aggressively <laughs> i i just don't think he like took him out i i here's the point calling it on the field i think it's harsh to overturn it i would agree with that yeah. Would I do I want that call the penalty in any game? No, I don't want that call the penalty. Is what I think I settled on. Okay. I'm uh I thought that looked like a penalty. It's that, not a red card though. Can we no, be clear about that? Yes. I completely agree with that. I'm all on board for the rule or the the idea that you shouldn't be tried twice for the same crime. Yeah. And I thought we had all agreed with this. Like this has been the rule. And it was working where it's a yellow card and a penalty. Unless you like do like the Luis Suarez of where you blatantly don't try to play the ball. Right. Like unless you're tr- not trying to make a play, then it's a yellow and it's you move on. Like it's not a red. No way is that a red. No, I don't think so either. But it's it's kind of difficult to not give a red like with the Reese James incident uh, a few weeks ago. Like. 
they gave a red for that. They gave a red to David Luiz last year against Wolves for doing literally nothing, but because he stopped a goal in air quotes, they they give the red for the denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. It's a bad rule. I I think we both agree on that. You shouldn't be tried twice unless you're doing it blatantly. That's what I mean. Unless you're not trying to make a play on the ball. If you're not trying to make a play on the ball, if you're diving in front of the ball with your hand, by yeah. all means, call it. If you're just taking out the player and you're not trying to get the ball at all, call it. But if, if you're, you're trying to make a play to defend the ball, not a, not, not a right. If you are slide tackling someone on their way to the box in the 90th minute like <laughs> yes. FIFA, and you know yes. that you're just going to get sent off yeah. and they won't hit the free kick, that's a yeah, right. Like, like what's his name for a uh, Real Madrid? Uh, Valverde. Valverde. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's a red card. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. And then another VAR decision. Uh, this one went against city. It was in the 90th. They scored. I hate that offsides call. So do I. I really do. Um, like the player can't be in front of the ball and he's a, a toenail offsides. I mean, that is just so dumb to me. Yeah. It, it's harsh. It's harsh. And this is the thing, again, of, like, the call on the field. The thing, call on the field, was that it was no goal on the field. So I don't, it wasn't as harsh. If they had called it a goal on the field and took it back, I would have been, I was angry anyway, don't get me wrong, but it would have been more angry. So because they didn't call it a goal on the field, they called it offsides on the field, I can live with it. All right, fair enough. Well, you're a a cooler head than I am. I'm still very upset. Don't get me wrong. And I wish Sterling would have just not touched it then and Foden could have touched it and we would have scored the goal. But it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, we should give props to Southampton for as much shit as we have given them. They've pulled Mm -hmm. out a few points from from tough fixtures. West Ham, City. Uh, They're they're hanging in there. Four straight draws. Four straight draws. They're better than I expected them to be. Yeah, especially for what they had lost this offseason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Losing Ings and Vestigard, like I expected them to I expect them to be relegated. I think I said that. Yeah, and we both I, I've been impressed with them that they've been able to do this much. That's the big brain. That's Ralph Hassenhuddle. It is what it is. Um, where should we go next, Jimmy? Should we go to Arsenal? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, uh, let's do it. So uh thankfully the season starts in September. Arsenal are now two and on the season. Uh We've gotten some kind matchups in September. We've had Norwich and Burnley, both of which we beat by one. I'll, I, I don't have much to say about this game. I want to talk about Arsenal more as a whole. So let me just go through quickly what happened in the game. Arsenal start off well. Burnley have chances here and there. Ben White looks terrible. Odegaard scores an amazing free kick. Uh, Arsenal go ahead one nothing. I really did suspect that this game would stay one nothing. Because Arsenal just really weren't creating many chances. And Burnley, you know, they play that long ball and just kind of try and dash it into the box. Arsenal almost gave them a goal through Ben White, uh, who left a pass short to Aaron Ramsdale in the second half. And Ramsdale was lucky to get there and toe poke it away. Called it a penalty on the field. VAR overturned. So can I talk about that just briefly? That's the only part of the game I'll talk about. Is I, I again, with this one, I was unsure i watched this replay i think literally 20 times because i can't decide if i think it's a penalty or not because i do i kind of lean towards it is because i think he took him out in the process of getting the ball that's the thing is i don't pokes it away first though no he poked but i'm saying i think it was all in one leg action like i think it was in the same kick he took the 
poke the ball and the man like in the same action, not like after he, you know what I mean? Like the same leg movement did both. So I this guess. is why I kind of think it's probably a penalty. I'm okay with it not being one. Like, I don't think it's all egregious. Like, I don't think Burnley should be losing their mind over it. But again, I go back to the call on the field being it and it being so close. I think overturning it is harsh. That's, I lean on that again. Mm. Do you get That's my thing. Is like, I, it's harsh. I know what you mean. I think this one is less controversial than City's uh, no penalty, though. Because I do think it matters that you poke the ball away, like clearly get the ball away from him, and then he falls over you. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a little bit of theatrics in that. I uh, would agree it's definitely less controversial than the City one. But yeah. I, I think in in an ideal world, I want neither called penalties, but because both were called on the field, they probably both should have just stated on the field is what I think. All right. All right. Uh, I, I'm i not sure I agree with that statement, but let's move I, on. I don't know if I agree with it, but that's where I'm feeling today. We've benefited from VAR this week for the most part. You got wronged a little bit at the end. Um, but Ben White, man, not looking good so far. He looks so shaky the first half. He's like just like missing balls. A ball came back to him. He just booted it right out of bounds when he could have turned and easily passed it up the sideline. Makes that short pass back to Ramsdale. I think he lost every single header that he was contested uh, that day. He's just looking like he's very nervous, which I'm not sure I completely understand for someone who was an England international, uh, played almost every game for Brighton last year. That's confusing me a little bit. And then on the flip side, you have Aaron Ramsdale, who started the past two weeks over Burn Leno and has looked exceptional. Ramsdale looks great. Uh which I do think we both kind of said that he we both rate him very highly. So we were not as against that transfer as a lot of Arsenal Twitter hated the idea of bringing Ramsdale in. So just, just saying. for the amount of money. That yeah, was the well, he, he's worth that amount of money for the goalkeeper he is. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, when he, they got him, he may not really be the backup because that kept being the thing of, oh, he's the backup, a lot of money for backup keeper. And I kept saying, he may be, be- he may be a best keeper. He may not be the backup. Um, but with Ben White, the one thing I will give him a little excuse is I feel like he's had a different team around him every single game he's played. That so is true. it may be helpful to get some continuity on your new team to be able to kind of gel. So I, I do think maybe give him a little pass until we see, you know, him play with Gabrielle and Tome- Yusu. Is that how it's pronounced? Tomeyasu. Tomeyasu. Okay, that sounds a lot better. Took me a week. Tomeyasu. I got Tomeyasu. it. Tomeyasu. You know what I mean? But with some consistency around him, if he continues to have the issues, then I think it's fair at that point to criticize him. But I do think even having Thomas in front of him this game, which he hasn't had, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's give him a little consistency before we criticize it too harshly would be what I would say. Fair enough. Uh, I should also say that for these past two matches, Arsenal have had basically their their full lineup that they would have wanted at the start of the season Uh Partey started this match, Gabrielle and Ben White, Tomiyasu on the right, and uh, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe back in this game as well. So uh, could you could, in theory, give Mikel Arteta the excuse for the first three matches that he didn't have this team, because mm-hmm. this is a very different team. Uh, so anyways, I want to I go back to that overall about Arsenal. They've won their past two matches. They haven't played the best opposition. 
They've probably played the worst opposition in the league, and they've looked bad in both games. That is my that is my take here. I don't know if you agree with that. I don't know if Arsenal fans at large would agree with that. I think in the past two games where they've played the worst teams in the league, they've been lucky to to win both of those matches. Yeah, I mean, they only had 55% possession in this game against Burnley. Team not known for their mighty possession stats. Um, Burnley had a lot of chances. I, I think Burnley had the better chances than Arsenal had in the game. Yep. Um, Ashley Barnes, usually someone who puts away the chances he gets, did not this game. Blew quite a few of them. Um, Jay Rodriguez had a pretty good header near the end that he kind of blew away. Um, I, I mean, I don't think they look great. I think I have to agree with you. I don't think they've looked great. I don't think they look good at all the season overall. Now, again, a lot of injuries, a lot of moving parts. This is the first time I think this is probably their strongest lineup. I would say this this team yep. is their strongest lineup top to bottom. You can argue on Burn Leno over Ramsdale. I'm going to say I'm more the Ramsdale side, but I, I think it's a, I think this is their strongest lineup and they finally played them. So if they play the next match or next two and similar lineup and they continue to look like this, maybe I'd dig into it more. But I do think this team doesn't necessarily... I don't know if it's not that it's going in the right direction, but I don't feel like this is a team pushing forward in any way. Right. So... I want to be excited about this team. I, I truly do. Like, I like all these players. I think we have a lot of very good young players. Like, this is a team that if they had a style, they could be successful. Maybe not this year, but I think in years to come, you could see at least the foundations being set. But right now, I don't see any of that. And I know, like we just said, like, this is kind of their, this was truly their first game where they all started together. And they won. Um, but it's just like, I don't I don't see any creativity in this team, which really bothers me. Um, it's kind of like the Arsenal thing. Arsenal played beautiful football historically under Wenger. No matter uh, what players that he had, he always had a style. Arsenal always played in that, uh, the, the Arsenal way. I, I mean, it's, it's the trademark. And now it's just like, there doesn't seem to be a, a true game plan or a style, and it's just we continue to rely so heavily on tyranny to make those runs up the left and then mm-hmm. swing crosses in. And then another thing that I can't understand about this Arsenal team is keeping Pepe out on the right when at the end of last year, him and Bakayo Saka switched. Saka played right, Pepe played left, and both of them were so much more involved in those positions, and, and we've just decided to completely abandon something that worked so well. Um, I'm noticing these past few matches that Pepe is extremely involved uh, on the right-hand side, and Mikhail Saka is almost not involved at all on the left. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, with the amount of touches Pepe gets, he almost creates absolutely nothing, loses the ball constantly, has no control over the ball. And then when Mikhail Saka has the one or two chances he might get in the entire match, he creates. And he's able to keep the ball, draw a foul like he did against Burnley, and win that free kick that eventually led to a goal. So I feel like there are really obvious things that even I can notice, and I am a moron, and Mikel Arteta is just refusing to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's really bothersome. It's bothersome that we're still whipping in crosses to a non-existent striker. Um, 
it's stuff like that that's really bothering me. I'm very happy to get some wins under our belt, but I am overall very concerned for this Arsenal team. I think uh, we're going to get to it in the predictions, but we play Spurs this weekend. I think Spurs are going to blow us out of the water. And yeah. Spurs are not good. Uh, let me be clear. It's Tottenham Hotspur are not a good team, and they're going to destroy <laughs> Arsenal because Arsenal are very bad. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with what you said at all. Um, I, I think we haven't talked about Pepe in a while. He He's much more involved in the team now. That is definitely true. He's another player who he can't score the ball. The guy can't put the ball in the net. So I think he can. I We saw it at the end of last year. Pepe, like, he kind of carried this Arsenal team at the mm-hmm. end of last year when Arsenal had like the second or third most points since Christmas. Pepe was the guy who was doing it. I think he scored almost 10, 15 goals combined with assists, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in that second half of the year, he was he was playing great. And then for some reason, we decided to put him back on the right hand side where he does absolutely nothing except lose the ball. It, it's just kind of. It, like I said, it's just a blatantly obvious thing that we're not acknowledging it feels like and and for someone who like i think you'll agree with this pepe is better if you don't let him touch the ball as much if you just give him those moments like Mm -hmm. where he cuts in quickly on the wing or makes a run and beats one man it's better than if you need him to create passes and move around yeah he's definitely not a possession player he's not someone you want to hold the ball and create he's someone you want to play in a space and Get to do it, move on someone. Right. Whereas Bakayo Saka is a possession player. Yeah. And exactly. Arsenal, Arsenal, for as much as they whip in balls from the left hand side, they hold the ball so much more on that right hand side. Mm-hmm. And Pepe struggled with it for the past two, three matches. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting shout. I, I hadn't thought of that. Again, I don't watch it that closely <laughs> on the Arsenal thing to know exactly which side they're playing on. But that's a very good point. I definitely think there's changes that need to be made. But getting the results is what matters. They did They did get the results they needed to get. I think this weekend is going to be a telling game. So, yes. Uh, I think uh, it's Spurs a, it's are coming off two, two bad losses. Um, They got beat down this week. And they got beat down by Crystal Palace previous to that, <laughs> which we didn't get to talk about, sadly. Uh, Edouard coming in hot for the Premier League. Uh, but so Tottenham's... They've got their humble pie. The Kings of August have been uh Champions of, of August. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh it's it's gonna be a good one though. It will be a good one. I'm looking forward to that match. I I'm not gonna lie, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um so so let's jump into Spurs. Uh they played Chelsea this weekend at home and they were bested two nil by Chelsea. Um just some quick notes on the match that I had. I thought Spurs played well in the first half. Um, Keppa is is subbing in for the injured uh, Mendy, and mm-hmm. and he held his own. Yep. He held his own. Harry Kane still has not scored. And then in the 49th minute, Thiago Silva from a corner uh, leaps up, scores the first goal for Chelsea, and from that point on, Chelsea just they dominated the match. Uh, subbed in Conte, and he scored shortly after off a deflection. And uh, it was smooth sailing from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say and it's not so much a takeaway from this game. This is more the other game. Very unimpressed. And again, two matches. I'll give them time. Unimpressed with Emerson Royale. Yeah. Bad. I, I've seen him get turned 
so many times in two matches. It, it's it's shocking. A little bit of Nelson Semedo in him. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if it is. Like that's actually exactly what I thought of. Like, is is this the new Semedo, the guy who's just like, he's just you just know it. He just not he can't defend. But we'll yeah. see. I I don't want to. I want to see more than two matches, but not not a good two matches for him. Yeah. Uh... I, I want to talk more about Chelsea than I do Spurs. Uh, I mean, so let's let's hit Spurs quickly and say that, like you said, they lost 3-0 against Palace the week before. Um, Palace kind of, they they gave him a tough run in that match. And then uh, Tanganga got two yellows after getting mixed up with Zaha. And, and from there, they just went on to dominate Palace. Right, can I talk about him quick? Go ahead. Tanganga should get two yellow cards every single game he plays. Yeah, he, he's a he's a bull. He's a bull. I like him. I like Same. how aggra- that he's aggressive, but the he fouls. He should have been sent off in the city match like four times. He he got away with like 12 yellow cards in that game. Like so that was a needed two yellows. <laughs> it was a lesson. Card. It was yeah, for him because I think he needs to bring it down just a little bit. Yeah. But uh he had played well before that point. Mm-hmm. So so Spurs take kind of two tough losses, especially the one at Palace. Um, but Chelsea are just, for me, they are the most dominant team in the Premier League. I think they are the best team in the Premier League. Um, like Lukaku wasn't even really that involved in this match for Chelsea, and they still won by two pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're a complete team right now. Um, the rebirth of Rudiger. Um, Tiago Silva doing exactly what they brought him there to do. Um, and then Christensen's been very good. Christensen's been very, very good. Someone who under Lampard looked like a clown, quite frankly, in defense has been very, very good. Uh, Alonso's another person who's been reborn under Tuchel. Um, just, I, they, they are a hell of a team. That's, I have to say they're a hell of a team. Um, their bench, I mean, their bench is fantastic. If they need to switch it up, the ability to bring on people like Werner, um, Zayic, Reese James was on the bench in this match. Um, we know how I feel about Reese James. Um, Pulisic, not even on the team in this one. Uh, like, they're, they're a fantastic team. They're Top to bottom. stacked. There's no other way to put it. Um, we can only hope they play Saul a lot more. Yeah, give us a chance. <laughs> the saboteur, <laughs> Saul. Um, yeah, and they and they just won out and got Saul too, who is like one of the better midfielders in Europe for the past however many years. So they they don't have player problems, they don't have coaching problems. They are they're kind of just like cruising. Um, it, it goes to show what a great manager can do for a team mm-hmm. because uh, this team under Frank Lampard with. Almost the same players, minus Lukaku, who's a pretty big mm-hmm. one, uh, were just kind of a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were, were rudderless. Yeah, they were they were just poor for for large portions of the seasons. They would go on runs of highs and lows, and now they're super stable. You know what you're going to get with the Thomas Tuchel team, and they're fun to watch. Uh, I look forward to watching Chelsea lately. It it hurts me to say it, but I think they are my pick to win the league. Um, Pretty clearly. Yeah, I, I think everything you said there is accurate. All right, I, no I debate. Nothing really more to End add. End the show, no debate. No debate. End <laughs> it. No, but they, they're just, 
they're they're a complete team. They look like a complete team. Now things can always change. It's there's always going to be injuries. There's going to be players who are unhappy that they don't play. You know, things will happen. But as of right now, this looks like a complete team top to bottom. Yeah. And I feel like we, we're not going to talk about Liverpool today, but I feel like we shouldn't talk about Chelsea without mentioning Liverpool at this point because Liverpool are just as good as Chelsea are right mm-hmm. now. And we haven't talked about Liverpool much. They're playing Brentford this week. I think we'll talk. Even though we just did Brentford, we'll we'll make sure we do that game to talk about Liverpool. Plus, I'd like to see that game because I've been impressed with Brentford. I'd like to see how they do against Liverpool. So we'll make sure we include that next week because we do have to talk about them because they have been fantastic. They look like their old selves again, uh, which I I will say this. It doesn't make me happy as someone's try, hoping mm-hmm. his team wins. No, but am I excited for the fact that I think there are four great teams in the league right now and i and we're going to talk about the other one i think probably next so yeah i i'm uh i'm glad that the premier league is so dominant i wish that my team was in that top four of teams that were good uh and reality arsenal in the bottom four and it it breaks my heart but (laughs) but yeah uh, Chelsea, Liverpool both look extremely strong. We'll make sure to talk about Liverpool next week. I mean, they, they've won their past two games 3-0 uh, in the mm-hmm. Premier League. So easy money for them. Next, we have uh, West Ham United and Manchester United. And the headline here is that Cristiano Ronaldo just keeps fucking scoring. I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. So, yeah, I hate it too. Um, multiple reasons. Um, but this is this is what every other team gets for allowing United to get Ronaldo because they weren't in for Ronaldo. This is City, really, the one everybody should be mad at. That's true because George <laughs> Mendes really tried to get him to City, and they just their reluctance to do it has now allowed him to go to United. We have to deal with all the United fans with all the sees everywhere and the <laughs> excitement and all of that. Which don't just hit a C on the podcast, please. <laughs> FIFA 22. I wonder if they're gonna even touch that. <laughs> oh God. But <laughs> but um, it's justified. I mean, this team. The difference having him in this team. It, it, it is massive because he just will find a way to get goals. And it's, it's just a fear factor. You have Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. running at you in defense. You have to watch Cristiano Ronaldo. But he just, but the point being like, even the goal he scored in this game, the first shots blocked, he, he just follows it through. He just, he just got that hunger to score and he will find a way to score. And this team is, was a solid team. They were a good team last year. They really were a good team. Yeah. The difference Bruno made on this team was night and day. Um, and now with Ronaldo adding goals, with Mason Greenwood looking like the player that, you know, all that potential that he kind of showed at spurts last year and the year before, now he looks more of a complete player. They just, they, they are, they're a great team. They really are a great team. I, I think it's at that point where they are. Um, they had, they'll have their hiccups like they had in the champions league against the young boys. Um, but this, this match was a good example because West Ham gave them a good fight and they ended up getting the win. 
It's a very old school United game. Yeah, they they left it late in Fergie time almost. Um, so yeah, let, just quick match notes. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has only played two matches and has more goals than the entirety of the Arsenal team. Uh, <laughs> in five matches, Arsenal have two goals. Ronaldo has three in the Premier League. Mikel Antonio out for this one, uh, suspended. He got a red card uh, against who was it? It was Southampton, <laughs> and. Um, the note that I have here is that August is over, which means Mikel Antonio is over for the foreseeable future. We'll and give so, him another month or two, and then he'll resurge, and then he'll fall off immediately. And then he'll resurge right at the end of the season again. This is what he does. <laughs> we are following the exact pattern that has been laid out for us. It's like a uh, heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is, Mikel Antonio is an EKG of himself. Uh, so both teams had... Pretty solid chances before the goal. West Ham are are pretty pretty uh, attacking forward. I want to say, mm-hmm. especially when they play a team like United who wants to have the ball. Mm-hmm. It's it's so perfect for them, and they do it so well. And they ended up scoring first. Ben Rama scores in the 30th minute off a deflection, and then almost immediately after, United are pushing and pushing, and Cristiano Ronaldo gets his rebound goal. But we should say he had. Uh, a few chances already to that point. And, mm-hmm. and that's just like Ronaldo doing it himself, mm-hmm. even though it was a tap in, in the end. So the way that he just, he makes defenders pull to him and then somehow he'll still win the ball and then follow it up and, and score the tap in. Yeah. He, he looks, I will say this. I, I think for him as a player, this was the perfect move. Because coming back to United, I think it brought in he 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 is an a, a exceptionally prideful person, mm-hmm. and I think it pushed that to an even greater level of this like going back. And if he can bring United back after they've just been so down, and if it's him who does that now after he brought Real Madrid back, because people forget before they won La Decima, it had been a long time since they had won the Champions League, and then they went on the three P and all of that with Ronaldo, like it had been a long time and he had, he did that. And if he can bring them back now, he's going to just have even more in his, you know, his little dream head when he goes to sleep. <laughs> his dream head. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to explain. You know he what I goes, mean? he goes to sleep with a smile every night yes. thinking about his accomplishments. Yes, exactly. So this is like the perfect move to like re hunger him. And, and he looks it like, he looks far better than he looked last season at Juventus, where he still scored tons of goals. Yeah. But he looks hungrier now. Yeah, I agree. He is he's just a specimen and and he wherever he goes, he's gonna succeed. Um and the game from there, no goals until the 89th minute when Jesse Lingardino put one top bins from mm-hmm. the uh left hand corner of the box. Jesse Lingard, after he basically lost in the game against young boys in the Champions League with a bad back pass, uh, makes up for it here, scores in the 89th. And then you would think that the game is over, but West Ham charged down the field, 92nd minute, Luke Shaw, handball, penalty is given. Mark Noble subbed in, cold, steps up, takes it, Dave saves it. When will they learn to stop bringing the cold players in for penalties? It's an English thing, apparently. And they, they <laughs> haven't learned. <laughs> it doesn't work. 
Well, he's David Moyes is Scottish. You should know better. <laughs> like it just it, it doesn't it just doesn't work. Just stop doing it. Um, it was a good save. It was a bad penalty. Um, yeah. it, it just good call. It was the right call. There was some debate in the the commentary. We're like, oh, I don't think it's a penalty. It's his arm was way out. I think that's a pretty bang on penalty. Yeah, like especially his arm for was the way Premier out. League. Yeah, yeah. Like I I think it was the right call. Unfortunate for West Ham. I do want to say Jesse Lingard, easy person to dislike. Not <laughs> celebrating when he scored, though, was a classy move because West Ham really rejuvenated his career. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was shocked to not see him like bust out some TikTok dance. His stupid little dance that he'll do. 40-year-old <laughs> Jesse Lingard held <laughs> off on doing a dance after he scored a goal. God bless him. Uh, the strength of that man <laughs> to hold off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tough one for West Ham. Um, August is over. August is over for Mikel Antonio. August is over for West Ham. Uh, the real league has begun to to actually kick into effect. And and those things that happen in the first few games of the season uh, are not happening for a few teams like West Ham or Spurs. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough once you get once you <laughs> grind out a little more uh, after that first international break hits. It's just a different ball game. It all goes to shit. So we did have two questions for last week's episode that we didn't get to. Um, And I think one of them was from our friend J.D. Siegley, who I can't find his tweet for some reason. But he asked us, what are the best kits in the Premier League? So just rattle it off quick. Who's got the best home kit? Oh, don't do Homer away. I don't know the Homer away. I like, I actually, so here's a kit I like. I love the Arsenal red and black one. Love that one. That's, that's the, the third kit. kit, though, isn't it? The red and black? The red, the red one's black? home kit. That's a home kit, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. I do like that one a lot. I really, really do. I'm trying to think which ones I've liked and not liked. I don't, I, there's been a lot, I feel, this year that look the same that I haven't been that impressed with. I really do like Lester's gray with the pink. Like mm. that one a lot. That one big... I like. I love the. I actually shockingly like a city kit, which doesn't happen that much. The one the third kit. Jimmy loves the third Not kit. The third kit. No, <laughs> I like the one which is. I don't think it's actually one of their kits. It's like the fourth kit. The one with like the 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 digital like clock numbers. I don't know if I've seen they, that. It might be a warm up. It's no. They they wore it for the um for the community shield, and then they wore it. I think two weeks ago um it's very nice that one i actually really really like i think the best kit of the season is the arsenal third kit the blue with the black stripes and the the that's what i meant okay so it's the blue not black that is the one i meant thank you that's That's what i meant you knew you knew it's what i meant too you just want to make me look well you said red red is the home kit um all right fair enough uh and then i love the Leeds purple kit like that that mm. lavender color. Yeah, that is a very nice kit. Too. Yeah, that is, think... and we do need to talk about leads because we've been talking about leads in text for weeks. So <laughs> next week we have to remember to do Liverpool and leads. Things are not going too well at Leeds. No. Uh, but right we'll, they they're playing West Ham, so I I never have a problem watching West Ham. So let's we'll talk about them next week. Yep. And then the next question we had was from the Sports Countdown podcast. Does Saul's arrival mean the likes of Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Ross Barkley are finished at Chelsea, or do they still have a future there? I'll, Ross, I'll, I'll, okay, I think we're both going to say ahead, the same thing. Go ahead, go ahead. There's a chance for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, 
but I think Ross Barkley is done. Why the hell would they take Ross Barkley back? Why was Ross Barkley a thing? That was one of the players I've never got. I think I've been like at, very clear. Hey, he was good at Villa last year. Yeah, he was. He was fine. He was, he was Chelsea good for a period. He wasn't Chelsea good. No, no. He's That's never been point. Chelsea good. He never was good enough to be on Chelsea, no. in my opinion. No. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea also bought Danny Drinkwater. Fair point. So, I, I mean, there was a, a weird period of transfers there. <laughs> and I think uh, those are two misses. They learned their lesson, though. I, I, As for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I've always liked Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think the best thing for Ruben Loftus-Cheek career would be to leave Chelsea. Yeah. Um, not just on loan, just to go. I'm inclined to agree with that. I don't, I mean, there's, there is no room in that midfield for anyone. They're I remember really... they were saying that Mourinho wanted to bring him to Roma. And the way they, the way it's working out with Tammy, he should. He should bring all the Chelsea people he can bring there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Tammy's killing it, and Roma are killing it too over there. So, yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement that no to Ross Barkley. And there's a chance for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but probably better for him to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, Jimmy. So let's get into the last part of the show, the fun part, the predictions. And we start back up on Saturday. First game, Chelsea City, 7.30 a.m. Sharp, boy. Who do mm-hmm. you got? Okay, so I know you're going to think I'm crazy. City are going to win this game. They're going to win this game. They're not going to lose four straight times to Chelsea. I'm mm. not going to have to jump my head into my ceiling fan. <laughs> um, they're going to win this game. I have a 3-1 Manchester City. Whoa, 3-1. All right. If City I'll... score, they score more than one. It's, that's the thing. If they score, they score more than one. 3-1 City. And this is this is going to be the, the Jack Grealish. Everybody gives them credit game, and they talk about how great in English he is. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go a 1-1 draw here. I think City are good enough to get the draw. I mean, playing at Stamford Bridge. I've, I'm inclined to pick Chelsea, but I'll go draw. Uh, United versus Villa. I just... I, Villa haven't looked very good. Um, hey, they beat Everton this past week. That's fine. <laughs> I, I haven't been very impressed with Villa. I, I'm going to go 2-1 United. Uh, I'm going to go 2-2 draw here. I love Villa. I, I think they're going to scrape out a, a point here. Uh, Everton and Norwich. 2-0 Everton. Yeah, I'll follow you on that. I have no hope for Norwich. Leeds, West Ham. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Mm, Leeds, Leeds love to get draw. right. Leeds love a draw this season. Yeah, I don't know if they love a draw. I think they just don't. They can't figure it out. Uh, these odds are tasty too. Leeds are plus 180 and West Ham are plus 140. That does have draw written all over it, but I'll go 2 1 Leeds. I, I hope that Leeds start to get back on track. Leicester and Burnley. By the way, we haven't talked about Leicester. Leicester are struggling. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Maybe that's another one we should do, but I just don't want to talk about Burnley again. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think Leicester get right against Burnley. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0. 1-1 draw. I hate it, but it's a 1-1 draw. Watford and Newcastle. We definitely won't be talking about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 1-0 Watford. Uh, I'll go 2-1 Newcastle. 
Say Maximum has been on fire. He has uh, been virtual. Joe Willick has been MIA, mind you. Uh, yeah. Who would have thought that was a fluke? Uh, Brentford and Liverpool. All right, so I can't not pick Liverpool to win this game, but I want to watch this game. I want it to be exciting. I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool. Oh, I'll go 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, then Sunday at 9 a.m., we have Southampton and Wolves. So I'm going to do it. The double donut. Yep. Zeros. Nil, nil. Easy. That's the easiest pick of the week. That's zeros 100%. I might actually bet on that one. Um, and then last but not least, we have the North London Derby. We have Arsenal at home versus Tottenham Hotspur. What are your thoughts here, Jimmy? So this, I'd be worried if I were you. I wouldn't be worried about this one. I am. But at the same time, Spurs have not looked very good recently. I am going to pick Spurs to win, but I'm just going to go 1-0. I, I don't think, think it's going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Arsenal will look good for 10 minutes, and then they'll get countered, and then they'll go down 1, and then they'll go down 2, and they'll lose 2 nothing because they're a bad team. Uh, this is how low I am, that I am picking <laughs> Arsenal to lose at home to Spurs. That low. I believe in them 0% to pull out a victory. So, uh, depressed note to end the show on, but Jimmy, why don't you hit him with the plugs? Uh, actually, well, there's a Monday game. You've missed the Monday game, game and you missed a team. We've also very much disrespected, which Ooh. is Brighton. Did we, did Everton make that list? Oh, they did. They played it. Norwich. All right. All right. It's so, yeah, the last game. The we have not talked about Brighton. We need to do that next week too. Uh, yeah. They're unbelievable right now. We have <laughs> Crystal Palace and Brighton. They all they needed was to get rid of Ben White and Brighton yeah. came good. Uh, but I am going to pick Palace in this one, two one. No, I'm going two one the other way. Brighton are good. We love Grand Potter here. Uh, the best. <laughs> uh, all right, Jimmy. Now you can hit him with the plugs. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. Email us mostly soccer show at gmail.com. Follow us on the new Apple podcast app thingy that they've done now. And we would really appreciate the five-star reviews. They help us out a bunch. Yes, they do. And uh, as always, we will see you next time. And thank you for listening. Bye-bye.